1: Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. I am Jennifer. And I'm Corey. And today we're going to talk about something that comes up every single year. Should we be sending email newsletters or should we be emailing our patients any kind of marketing material? And um, Corey, we've recently been doing some deep dives into the email campaign and email strategies for a bunch of our clients. And you've got some really good data to talk about whether or not we should be doing email and what's um, effective and what kind of channels are the most effective. So why don't we dive right into it?
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, So listeners out there, if I were to ask you, what's one of the best ways to engage potential patients and move them down the sales funnel, what would you say? Facebook, Instagram, online reviews? You'd be wrong. The answer really it's email, surprisingly. Um, you may have heard from, uh, depending on who you talk to and how deep you are into the marketing um, environment, that uh, email has lost some effectiveness. But really, it's just not true. You just have to write really good emails. Um, so I'm going to share some stats from HubSpot here. So email generates $42 for every dollar spent, which is If you do that math, that's 4,200% ROI. So that's one of the most effective options available when done correctly. And marketers who use segmented campaigns note as much as a 760% increase in revenue. I don't know about you, but a 760% increase in revenue sounds pretty darn good. Four out of five marketers say that they'd give up social media rather than email which is crazy, um, but I totally understand that as a marketer because there's a ton of headache that goes on with social media. Um, and 74% of baby boomers think email is the most personal channel to communicate with brands. So the long short of it is this, is email so effective? Heck yeah.
1: You know, as a practice administrator, I, I'm already thinking what they're gonna say. is like, um, you know, I get a million emails a day, you know, these marketing emails end up in spam, You know, who am I supposed to email? Am I supposed to just pull my my major practice list? Do I have permission? How am I going to go about this? Um, Do I buy a list of emails? You know, what are your suggestions there, Corey?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that's all true. But, and you may experience this yourself. If you sign up for something and it's something that you're really interested in, you're going to open that email. That's the one that you care about. If you just get a bunch of random marketing bs yeah you're probably going to delete all of those and i I think that that's the key difference and you mentioned um real quick you mentioned a list the answer to that is no do not buy a list because that is going to lead to all kinds of problems and it's going to really tank any of your metrics
1: so i think email um i think the key is you want to own the data you know and you want to there's there's a couple different ways you can go about it. You can nurture your um, the data that you own, whether it's existing patients or patients maybe that have downloaded something on your website, which is why we always talk about those downloadable assets. You know, give me 10 tips to fix my knee or five tips um, for my, you know, five tips before my next Botox or filler or something like that. Um, you know, with that said though, is email right for every practice? And is it a nurturing component or is it a sales component or, you know, could it be both? And, you know, does does email make sense for a pulmonologist or an endocrinologist or does email make sense for ortho or plastics or an aesthetics practice? And so I think that everybody's gonna be a little bit different, but I think you've got some really good data um, with the aesthetics, plastics, um, anybody in the cash base? Some if you have a cash-based business, you should be doing email.
2: Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Everybody is a little bit different, and going back to kind of what I opened with, you have to write a good email, and that's what makes email hard. And that's why it sometimes is easier to put a post on Instagram or Facebook because you can just create a you know post a pretty picture and then move on, and you, you did your marketing due diligence for the day. Um, but we recently launched an email education series for a plastic <clears throat> plastic surgeon that we work with, and it did incredibly well. And it's because people really want this information and we're not trying to hide anything from them. So um, you know, not trying to toot our own horn here, but um, this is, it's really valuable information. So what we did was we created this um, six email series and all about rhinoplasty. So that's where this particular client really wanted to focus on. And so we put this series together and we invited people that went to the website to sign up for this series so this didn't go to existing patients um, it, it was mainly focused on new potential patients that want to know everything that they need to expect and we we laid it out for them up front so they knew what they were getting into so we said sign up here you're going to get a uh, a series of emails and it's going to be from us. And we're going to explain to you these things through each one of these emails. And so to date where we are, we've got an open rate of 67 and a half percent.
1: That's an, that's
2: insane. It is huge. And a click through rate of about 26%, which again, that's is, great, which is crazy, but, it, and it's all because we said to these folks. This is what's going to happen. And here's what's going to be in the emails. So we set that expectation right up front. So they sign up and they know what they're getting. And so they're on the lookout for these six emails, which I think is a big key to it, but also they really want this information. They were perusing the plastic surgeon's website and looking specifically at rhinoplasty. And this is the, uh, the answer to all of their questions. They don't have to seek out this information. We're going to give it to them. Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content. And they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience, where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got Eight Ways to Wow Patients, and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about uh, at solutions.io. That's solutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did. So how did we do this? Um, like I mentioned before, we wrote a series of six emails with really great information. And then we made sure that each one included our main topic, which I'll break down for you guys in just a second. And it also uh, was sure to have a testimonial graphic talking about how great this particular surgeon is, a before and after photo. So we're kind of reinforcing the results here. A five star review graphic to kind of build on that social authority, a little section about why choose us, an appointment call to action with the big button that said click here to schedule your appointment. And then a quick little snippet of what's in the next email, again, to kind of set those expectations and let people know that there's another email coming and it also has some cool stuff you're gonna be interested in. And so these emails were, were lengthy. There's a lot of text in them, but that's okay because we wanted these to be really informational. So here's what the series discussed. Number one email was, what is rhinoplasty like? So we opened that up with some stats and some bullets of what rhinoplasty can really do for you from a uh, from a functional and a cosmetic side, and then included the time expectations to sort of get ahead of those questions, because we know that those are coming. So we wanted to kind of demystify that as much as we could. And then in this email, we also thought it was important to tackle one of the, the biggest questions, which is how much is this going to cost? And again, we're not trying to hide anything here, so we just told him up front. This is what it's going to cost at this practice. Here's what's included. And he does something special where uh has a spa service that he gives away with everyone who gets a rhinoplasty. So they do some unique things that kind of creates this perceived value. That's included in your cost. So we made sure obviously to include that. And then the next email was all about uh, frequently asked questions. So anything that's not addressed in that first email, we made sure to cover here. I think we included six or seven frequently asked questions with a link to the website for more. Email that came a couple days after that. Here's what patients say about rhinoplasty. And then we link to specific stories or videos or other resources so you can see that there's other people just like you getting this done. A couple days after that, um, what do patients experience after rhinoplasty was the topic of that email, and in that one we included several how-to videos on cleaning your nose and uh, what to what to know and exactly when to come back to the practice and sort of again trying to demystify everything possible. Next one after that was how to pay for your rhinoplasty, and then. That kind of closed out the series where we said, you know, there's there's some various options you can do. We accept credit and all of these other um, payment options. And then if you have anything else that we didn't answer, please let us know. And then we've got a follow-up series um, that's a couple months down the line if they don't schedule an appointment and say essentially, hey, are you still thinking about it? Then we're still here for you to try and re-engage them. But overall, what we've seen from doing this is, like I mentioned at the top, really great open rates really great click-through rates and people are coming all the way through and then scheduling their appointments and these emails are a big uh a big boon for that
1: so so just so i make sure that the listener understands is this an employee is this a patient newsletter or is this like something completely separate of a patient newsletter like how does that work
2: that's a really good question so yeah this is separate from a patient newsletter so typically a patient newsletter is something where you know you're just kind of firing it out to your patient list and you're saying you know we're celebrating a milestone or we're opening a new location whatever the case may be we've got a new blog on our website welcome to dr so-and-so um this is different so this is a what's called an email sequence or an automation where the potential patient goes to the website, they sign up, they are then entered into this list. And once they are put on this list, the email system says, okay, everyone on this list is going to get these six emails spread four or five days apart, whatever we have it set at in this increment. So they sign up, they're put on the list, and then immediately they start to get this series delivered to their inbox.
1: So it sounds like a newsletter is something, let's say you do a monthly newsletter, every month you gotta go back and figure it out. And this seems like you build it once, turn it on, and then you check your data maybe tweak it, but it becomes something that's that's bringing patients in and educating patients throughout. You're really, it's a nurturing series.
2: Correct, yeah, it's very much a, or much more of a set it and forget it type, where, yeah, you still wanna pay attention to the data and tweak and update As you're going through. But, um, you know, if again, if if it's set up correctly and you're delivering really great information, then it's nice to sit back and kind of watch it do its thing and you don't have to adjust it every single month.
1: That's great. And so, if I was a practice and I wanted to implement this as part of my 22 strategy, um, where would I get started?
2: So, we used Active Campaign to do this. They have a really easy interface to not only build these emails, but then build the sequence out. And uh, it's pretty much drag and drop where you can say, put this email here, wait this amount of time, put this email next and so on and so forth. Um, So I would suggest them because again, it's super easy to kind of get in there and it's it's pretty powerful.
1: Actually, I would suggest giving us a call and using our corporate account because everybody gets a discount when they do that. And Better let idea. us build those. Let us build those sequences out because <laughs> it's not going to be as easy as opening up an active campaign account and going from there. I can promise you that.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I would active campaign is good, but it, like any of these services can do that. You don't have to use them. I mean, we we partner with them, so I, I like them. Um, but Mailchimp, Marketo, um, Active Campaign constant contact, you name it, there, there's a bunch of these different companies out there that you can set this up. Um, but, but again, you know, the the thing that makes it so successful is the content. So start there, you know, you have to make sure that whatever you're trying to provide is something that people want. And that's the difference between this and a newsletter is if you're blasting out a newsletter to all of your patients, and you see your patients, maybe once annually, or maybe they had a surgery and you haven't seen him in three years, they may not care about your new location or your monthly newsletter. Um, but this is again, this is a series to engage people that are on the verge of becoming a, a patient or at least considering some type of big procedure. That's where this kind of works best.
1: Yeah, and your doctors know what it is that patients are asking. So ask your physicians, you know, what are you hearing most about? What are the objections to that knee surgery or, you know, getting that sleep test or whatever it is? And then, Take those questions, answer them, and put them into a series. And plus, it'll help you. Um, it'll help with patient readiness when patients come into the door. You know, less time that the doctor has to spend answering the same questions over and over, and more time that they can actually provide patient care and get into the nuts and bolts of whatever it is that they're going to use to get the patient where they want to go.
2: Yep. That's a great point. And we've heard that feedback from this surgeon as well.
1: Excellent. All right. That is great stuff, Corey. I hope everybody starts asking about how to build these nurturing campaigns or starts thinking about how they can put this all together for their own practice in 2022. And with that, I'm Jennifer. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. Thanks a bunch.
0: Thanks, guys.